Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart to find out what makes them magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my vegan yet bloodthirsty college friend. Alex Dandino. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I do love and hope that someday we've hit the point where you've attempted a terrible Americanized accent of every country. On I, I think so, too. I think at least the cinema countries. That's that's my goal at this point is whenever we do a, a movies from countries that I actually might have a shot at the accent or at least can hear it in my head. Like, oh, that's cute. You thought you had a shot at that. Like, like when we did taxidermy, I was like, don't even try it. <laughs> Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, so, guys, this is it. We are starting the pod enrolls in the school of hard knocks month. It's a mouthful, but this curation. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, <laughs> see, that's going to be important later. Write that down. <laughs> this curation yields a lot of really fun movies. We picked four that we were super excited to dive back in on. We're going to the theater to see Suspiria live. It's coming soon. We've already gotten uh, some really good suggestions. Like some really good yeah. suggestions. Really good suggestion for school's run amok movies. So uh, be sure to submit yours. We're going to pick at least one. If we like a bunch, who knows? Maybe more. Maybe we'll throw in a double feature. We'll see, man. Uh, but this one, guys, we are beginning in the far-flung uh, wilds of France veterinary school for uh what i think is just one of the most dynamic interesting and uh captivating movies i've seen in recent years a movie called raw yeah and i believe you can stream this on netflix right now so it's very accessible to everyone still available you on should netflix. definitely be checking this out um to me alex there are so many things to point to with this movie that just absolutely have an arresting quality on me whenever I turn it on. Uh, to you, what sticks out right off the bat? What do you love so much about this movie? You know, this movie is jarring for one. Like, that was the thing. This is not my general cup of tea type flick. And I remember when you had seen it, you were like, oh, you got to check this out. And it took a while. And then it showed up on Netflix. And I'm like, eh, I'm going to watch it. And I was fucking completely blown away by, A, just how good it is. Like, the style of filmmaking itself is really fascinating. But the thing that I find most captivating about it is just the performance of that uh, of the main girl is absolutely incredible. Like, she... You know what's funny? Is she actually looks a lot like one of my younger cousins who I just saw. Really? <laughs> and I, I've never been able to look at her the same way again. <laughs> It's actually, in a way, tarnished a family relationship for the rest of my life. Yeah, uh, it's just yeah. But that's to me. This is the thing: is that there's this movie doesn't do anything kind of halfway. There are no scenes that it's like, oh, we just need something to get us to the next point, or you know, blah blah blah. Like everything feels like it's going all out in every fucking scene. There's there's this really kind of bombastic expansion and retraction quality the movie has because we talked about this i talked about how this is one of those movies that i highlight to some people where i'm like it just has like a crackling vibrance and energy and power that leaps off the screen in electric ways to me and you kind of push back saying that well no it's a slow burn and i, and I agree with that but what what i talk about is there there's so much passion in life on screen yeah and especially for a movie like this which is it's hard to explain. It doesn't seem like it should be that kind of movie that's so 
bombastic in my brain in a certain way, right? It's kind of this this very personal descent into madness, right? We're watching this girl who, under the protection of her parents, seemingly has a life figured out, maybe a life that her parents have kind of foisted upon her, which is one of the themes we deal with a lot. But you see her go to a new place and constantly be grappling with this what parts of me can survive what parts of me did i even care about this this kind of death and destruction of self um and not having any kind of foresight into what you're birthing yeah as you're taking your actions it's it's really a almost a dr jekyll mr hyde movie in a way yeah i think that as it goes uh, in relation to kind of like how we decided on this movie with the school of hard knocks theme i think that this movie particularly um, has that uh, the quality of like moving, like moving is such a jarring experience. Like I did it a lot when I was a kid and I went to new schools a lot and I met new people. And I think that's the part of the movie that I relate to the most. Definitely not the eating people part, but uh, that's the part, <laughs> but like the moving <laughs> and the jarring square. experience of going to a new school and learning the new things. And not only that, I think the thing that's different about this movie besides just the jarring experience of having to be at a new school with new people that you don't know is probably uh, the boarding school aspect and like the hazing rituals, which is a huge part of the beginning of the movie and kind of the impetus for the whole thing. And that was something that I found super jarring. The first time I watched it was, I was like, what kind of fucking school condones this behavior? Like this is insane. (laughs) Well, there's a great scene when, Part of the ritual is they just get doused in blood. Yeah. And then it shows like, them all in their classroom. I'm like, well, that is just insanely unsanitary. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was, I like, was like, there has like, to be like one wrong. prof, you know, Professor Purell, who's like, oh, dear God. Oh, circle <laughs> blue. No, not yeah. the blue. He's just over there with his little like pocket wipes, like fixing all the keyboards <laughs> when these bloody mongrels get out of his room. Oh, God. Uh, no, it's, it's a fascinating movie. So let's dive in. Yeah. This actually has one of my favorite kind of cold openings in a movie I've seen in a long time, right? We're we're just sitting very still on this idyllic, you know, French country road. Right. And as the car's driving down, we see someone bolt out of the, the kind of wilderness and dive into the road. The car swerves to avert and just smashes into this fucking tree. Yeah. What we learn later, we learn later in the movie, obviously, that the person in this car did not survive. Right. And that's it. They don't show us anything There's else. Nothing saying, else. Is this what's happening to make this person run out into the road? Were they okay? Were they being pursued? Uh, it's such a strange opening, but it, it sets you up early with an ominous yet completely devoid of answers kind of yeah. experience. It's a very nice open to what this entire movie becomes. I agree. I mean, I think that's the best. It's probably the only opening that it's really probably the best opening they could have done is like this, this like sort of situation where you sit there and you're like, okay, that's how this movie's going to go. Like, cause most of the, like, I guess, horror aspects of this film happen in a very similar way where they happen and it's very jarring and it just occurs. And then there's no explanation for it afterwards. Like there's no, there's no more, there's no more explanation than, well, that happened. You're like, okay, I guess we're just doing that. Like yeah. they move on so quickly that also this, like, I think it's a, it's a technique that I've seen a few times in the movies we've watched is like, if you sort of just skip over something very bizarre happening, like there's a couple of scenes with Justine as like the movie starts progressing towards the beginning where, uh, 
things things are starting to happen to her and as soon as they gloss over them you're like okay that's something i just need to register and hold in the back of my head like these things happen rapidly and then they move on to the next thing it's it's a really interesting way to cut the movie i liked it Right. Well, also opening up on, uh, you know, your mom doing the let me talk to the manager routine. Not as strong. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> not, not as strong of a genesis for energy. Uh, so, yeah. So essentially what we, we learn after this car accident is this girl is a young girl. She's vegetarian. She's on her way to veterinary school. Both of her parents seem to have met there. Um, she's legacy, right? Her sister's there. Right. Fam- her she mother and father and went immediately there. is bombarded. Uh, right. They're all trying to sleep in this gang of masked hooligans. Right. It's almost like a pussy riot scenario. Yeah. <laughs> Just these people in ski mask bus skin. They start throwing all their shit out the windows. And this scene, it's it's it happens so early in the movie and it we are thrown into total and utter chaos. Right. Right. There's these these great shots because this is another thing. The movie sets up very early in that that diner scene. Right. The let me talk to your manager scene. Yeah. This kind of revulsion to meat, right? That she's eating and she sees one piece of meat. She's like, Whoa. right. Uh, what I love about the the kind of pantyless panty raid scene, if you will, <laughs> yeah. is the uh, the human cattle effect of it. Like as I'm watching, I was like, how insanely interesting! How fast everyone just falls in line, right? And you're sitting there counting. You're like, it looks like there's like a hundred kids in like various stages of underwear, pajama setup. Right, right. And they all just immediately fall in line like fucking cattle to the slaughter, you know, getting forced down into this underground wherever, crawling on their hands and knees under you know, right. this crawl space. And I was like, wow, they just fucking fell in line super fucking fast. And it's a small detail, but it becomes insanely important later in the yeah. movie, right? Like very early, they're setting us up for this. Look at what groupthink does to not only this girl but everyone. Right. I think that's also another aspect of the school. Uh, the school thing is like you want to fit in, you want to go with the crowd, like you want to do what you need to do, and that is what really is like. It's interesting. Like the I, the concept of fitting in is really sort of the impetus for the entire plot of the movie. Like the whole thing that springs us forward is. Justine, this lifelong vegan vegetarian who is sort of forced to eat something she's never is forced to eat something that's like going to make her sick, like rabbit liver. Yeah, that's what. It, yeah, like but out of a disgusting. By the way, this movie has an insane through line of lack of sanitation. Yes. <laughs> Just that disgusting rabbit jar. I'm like, don't you guys have fucking tongs to be grabbing these bits of meat? Out? But she. <laughs> She's being forced to do something, and like not only that, she's being forced to do something that she has, she she has never done before, never tasted this, and her sister, like this person who's supposed to fucking protect her, also just fucking sells her down, like as you should, like it's an initiation, right? You know, it's something that happened with my little brother, like with stuff that I've done, like well I've done it, you should do it too, like I think that's one of those really weird things is school, especially like boarding school. <laughs> We're just gonna gloss over that. That'll be our true crime podcast someday. Like, remember in Film Alchemist when Alex said, I made my brother do things like the movie Raw too. <laughs> I never made my brother eat anything raw. I'll say that. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, it's always whenever whenever like it's like in school when you meet teachers. I don't know, we're getting off the point. But the idea is that fitting in is what's important. And what's it's another thing, like it's interesting you bring up that cattle call, because they're all in veterinary school, right? Like there's all yes. this like really fascinating imagery of like dead animals, animals that are being yeah. used for things other than just like farming. It's it's a fascinating thing to 
set this show, set this movie there and then also have all this sort of imagery of like homogenization like how do we get everyone to fall in line so on and so forth right it's a really well it also yeah. is like it's a great opportunity for like gross shit to happen too which is cool yeah that's it's funny you mentioned that because i was watching this with amy and she had the exact same reaction to a couple scenes with me any scene where they show an animal i get a queasy feeling like the first time i watched it, i remember being it's so just feeling unsafe in the theater and almost about to cover my eyes because I was like, are they going to snap this? Like, there's one scene where the horse is running on the treadmill. Oh. And I was just like, are they going to break his legs? Like, what's happening? What's that? I was so fucking, like, it, actually, that is one of the things that, like, so unnerved me in the theater. Totally innocuous. Like, nothing ever really happens to a live animal in this no. movie. The weirdest thing that happens is when the sister, uh, Justine or whatever, she finds her sister. She's like, hey, I need to talk to you. She's this shoulder like, deep. I can't a, hear you. She's, she's shoulder deep in a cow. <laughs> Just has her arm way down a cow's asshole. <laughs> it's like that classic screenwriting note where it's like, conversation, good. They need to be doing something visually stimulating. It's like, how about just ramming their fist right into a cow's asshole? Yeah, I, th I love that idea of like, maybe it started as just like a hallway confrontation. Like, shouldn't they be doing something? Well, we could yeah. have her fist a cow. Okay, cool. We'll do that. Like that. So they're in study hall, right? No, too boring. Too boring. Yeah. Well, let's Lacks see. penetration. We need some penetration. We need some penny. Uh, all right, cool. She'll go shoulder deep into this cow to pull out shit. Okay, awesome. We'll do that. No, yeah. The, the animals. I'm so glad you brought that up. Because in a veterinary school, you never feel like they're helping or saving animals. No. Like, so, okay. The thing is, they're crawling underground, and they end up at this party, right? Right. And they're at this, you know, I, I wrote down in my notes, it's the kind of party you can smell through the screen. All You're of the parties, like, oh everything in this, everything in this movie, you can smell through the screen, dude. I, I don't, I would, I, yeah. all the parties particularly are disgusting, but everything I like that scene where the sister's got her fucking hand down that cow's ass. I'm like, oh, that just, I can, it reeks. Yeah, I can tell. or the dissection scenes, all that. Oh, but yeah. So they're they're at this party, and she's kind of this this lost little kid, not partaking, whatever. She finds her sister. If they're on their way out, there's this little slaughtered lamb effigy, essentially, that's right. hanging up. And you, you could never really – I couldn't tell if that was real or not. But it becomes – so that's our jumping off point into what you're saying, the meat eating, right? So they right. drench the vets in blood, and they make them eat meat. And this is – so she caves, right, under the peer pressure of her sister. Right. Well, this starts the – this is the beginning of the journey for Justine into uh, – Essentially, something foreign is now inside of her and is changing her. It first right. manifests as this gnarly-ass rash. Ugh. So she immediately gets this rash all over her body and is going at it. Um, there's another thing, though. Now Justine has acquired a taste for meat, this lifelong vegetarian. Right. Uh, she starts to have this taste, and, and we see her behavior changing, like when she steals the hamburger patty for no reason. Yeah. Um, it's kind of this interesting effect of one decision she caves in right where they're just like just do it and then be done with it and move on right and she even runs over and dry heaves or actually throws up right after yeah yeah but essentially essentially the damage is done this kind of innocuous just do it now and then go back to how it was she never gets to go back right well for that moment again what's interesting too is like there is this subtle hint that I thought it was really freaky. And I, I thought about it more after this last viewing was, um, you notice she only like heaves up the cooked stuff. That's the thing that was really shocking to me. And I was like, I didn't huh. think about it beforehand. I'm like, the only thing she puked was the stuff. Like the thing that she really vomited up was the thing that was cooked. So 
as we go further and we devolve a little deeper into this like pure flesh, so to speak, I kind of started realizing like, ooh, like they're even going even further than just like, oh, you know, she's a meat eater. <laughs> she's like, it can't be cooked. Like it can't be prepared flesh. Like that's the crazy. Like it's almost like this weird sort of like purity of the pure, like purity, like purity of the hunt almost, I'd say. Like it's just taking life essence. Yeah, like right, like that's sort of yeah. where I was getting it, getting with it, and I'm like, this is very, it's much stranger on this viewing because I noticed that, and I was like, ooh, yeah. Well, the can the cannibalism plays with the kind of the physical transformation, right? So the the kind of ancient mythical interpretation of when you eat something, you kind of get its powers and its mystical energies and shit. Right. The can the cannibalism in this plays with she is now searching flesh because she's being remade right uh at the end of the rash we see her in a doctor's office and the skin is peeling yeah right so now the rash has turned into this disgusting peel she's ripping her skin off and to me i was like oh my god it's like a snake shedding its skin right so sure. the old skin is actually physically being removed and now we're in this phase of new justine right and so yeah i, I think the cannibalism is a part of because you have to think, too, about who she's eating and what she's eating. It starts kind of, you know, with the the classic, you know, bl whatever is bloody in the fridge setup. That chicken. Um, but then it, it starts to move forward. And in, in, in who she's biting and why are always great moments. Yeah. That are addressing where she's at in this stage of the journey, right? Because mm -hmm. the thing I latch on to so much is, and you see it a lot in the sister relationship. Uh, early on, you know, the sister is the one who saves her from the party. She's the one who gets her to eat the meat. And then she's the one here is a blue dress, this and that uh, kind of trying to make her a mini version of herself. Right. Right. But the sister seems to despise this role, which I found kind of fascinating is that that there's this constant ebb and flow in their relationship where. They feel like they're the only ones that get each other, right. but yet they also are both repulsed by each other. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, that to me is almost like a sibling rivalry thing, though. Like I picked up on that too, and my my thought was always like, again, you're an older brother, I'm an older brother. Like I think about the times that, you know, you want your like you want your little brother to kind of like you think what you're doing is cool, and then your brother little brother gets involved with it, or your sibling, and you're like, maybe it's not as cool because they're involved now. It's some sort of strange like. Like you said, ebb and flow. I think it's the push and pull of a um, sibling relationship, and sometimes in that case, sibling rivalry. I'd almost say, like they are this. They're like she's protecting her in the way that like siblings would, but she's also kind of leaving her out to the wolves, so to speak. In a lot of cases, it's a really. It, it again, it was just very. It's very reminiscent of like kind of the classic, a, a classic sibling uh, relationship. Well, you get know. to a point where you start to wonder if the older sister has gone on this similar destruction yeah. rebirth path. Sure. And if, if she thinks she's helping or if she's just more interested in seeing this kind this kind of idyllic version of herself, right? That's what her younger sister would be when right. she arises. If she just wants to destroy her to match where she's at, which we learn later in the movie is is more and more gone. Right. Um. This brings me to maybe the most one of the more disturbing scenes in the movie, right? Uh, there are two scenes that really unnerve me in this movie besides <laughs> no, animal scenes. There's the one scene where say. they drive to a gas station specifically just to eat what is it, gyro or whatever? 
And she's just crushing a sandwich while this trucker just walks up and is really uncomfortably manhandling her gay roommate. Yeah. And everyone's just kind of sitting there like, that's very normal. That I'm watching that scene and you're like, just get off the car, run away. You're a fast little soccer guy, run away. Like, what the fuck is happening? Why is she eating so happily? That scene is like one of those brush away scenes, but it unnerved me in an extreme way. But then we go to the sisters. Uh, they're on the roof kind of having a peeing standing up contest. Oh, my God. And they real she realizes that she needs to take care of some uh, some ladyscaping maintenance. Right? Yeah. Oh. So we decide to go in and we're going to do a uh, oh. a little Brazilian wax scene, which <laughs> I think for a lot of men, this is one of those like French cinema things, right? Like they're so much less afraid to show like vaginal areas and pubes than we are. Right. That just as an American audience member, if you don't watch a lot of French movies, you're already like, well, this is uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> you like channel your inner like mom and aunts like, oh, Jesus. There's like that issue. <laughs> like, but the, not only that, though, that scene is staged so well because, yeah, they just get done like, I don't know, having a pissing contest on the roof, which is also one of the weirder things I've seen in a movie. Like these years. I, like, I literally leaned over to Amy. I'm like, can you pee like that? <laughs> Like, can we go out in the backyard and can I see this? Yeah, these girls are like having a having a like contest of who's better at peeing standing up, and they're like, "Look at me peeing standing up!" Like this whole thing, and then yeah, it's a very French symbolism, right? They're literally pissing. They're into literally the wind. pissing into the wind. <laughs> but then, like the shot that like fucking jarred me with that scene, particularly, like that scene is gross. But that first shot when they go down there is this like wide push in and she's just like it's like she's almost she's like the OBGYN like her legs are up yeah. in stirrups pretty much and I was like oh my god like in the the music too like that tonality sets yeah. everything up I'm like I know something absolutely horrible the music in this movie is so fucking phenomenal fucking great right it's this amazing mix of kind of like gothic organ with techno synth vibes it's it's very strange but man it it ratchets you up big time. <laughs> yeah, particularly in this scene because you're like, I don't want to see anything bad happen here. Because at this point, she's I mean, I'll tell you the truth. As soon as people are ripping pubes out of other people, I already feel unsafe. Yeah. They could have played, you know, uh, the Benny Hill yakety sex songs, and I would have been, I would have felt unsafe still. Oh yeah, absolutely. But this is, oh, so this is where they get to. They're ripping it out, and she's kind of crying. They get to the third one, and they can't rip, they can't rip the gum off. She's kind of like, hmm, strange. It's just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? This is my pussy. Don't don't wreck it. Tell me what's happening. <laughs> like, now all of a sudden she feels like, oh, I should not have trusted my sister. I knew it. As soon as I saw her peeing standing up, I knew she should, wasn't trusting Right? <laughs> so her sister goes and gets some scissors, right? She's going to just cut the bush out and they'll redo it, right? right? Maybe right. maybe the, the, the pubes were too long. Whatever is happening. Uh, and in the panic, the sister kicks the fucking scissors and chops her sister's finger off she falls passed out blood everywhere this leads us to the first truly interesting moment of cannibalism in the film oh yeah so as her sisters pass out she calls the the you know the cops whatever french 911 is and she's sitting there pondering she's looking for ice to put the finger on to reserve preserve it and the more she stares at it she just, you can see it coming. You know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. She starts drinking the blood out of the finger. Right. And then that's not enough. And she starts fucking eating it. Right. And then her sister wakes up and they lock eyes. Yeah. As to, and it's one of those great, it's just a great movie moment, right? <laughs> it's so Imagine waking up gross. from being unconscious, right? Trying to figure out where the fuck you are and looking over and just seeing your sibling eating your fucking finger. 
Oh, dude. It was one of those, like, the, the, the shock on her face. Like, the, the two of them just combined. That scene is so... You don't know where it's going to go. Because, obviously, she's going to eat this. And you're like, this is about to go a full-blown horror movie. Like, she's going to, like... Her eyes are going to roll back. And she's going to become a zombie or something like that. The fact that it doesn't do that and stays locked in that moment of awkwardness between two sisters. Like, are you eating my hand? That's very uncool. Like, that in and of itself, right. makes this movie that much more interesting. Like, Well, not only that they didn't turn her into a monster, but there's right. a cutaway where we see she's actually shifted, and now she's slid further away towards the wall, like almost in this little nook, right. uh, running away from the truth of what she's just done. She's actually smaller and mousier yeah. for this disgusting, you know, carnivorous act she's committed. By the way, there's something you glazed over that I have to talk about is the hairball scene. Which is one of the most... Oh like, my god, I forgot about like that. that. I thought you were going to talk about that rather than the gas station thing. That is by far the most jarring thing I watched in this movie. Because it's another convalescence of like horrifying imagery with amazing music. She pulls out this like three foot long hairball. Like... Just when you think it's going to end, too, she's still, like, pulling it out. It's like a fucking, like, clown pulling a handkerchief out of its mouth. Like, it's, it's like so that fucking disgusting. never-ending pie-eating scene in Ghost Story. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> Wait, I, this is something I forgot. It's Where the so fuck disgusting. did the hair come from? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. It's the scariest part of the movie. Because you're like, where is all this hair coming from? It's so disgusting. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It is I so can't funny. believe I you glossed over, over that. As soon as you said I glossed over, I looked back up. <laughs> and in huge, like, what would be 64 font in Word, I wrote, hairball! With an exclamation point. I have the exact same thing written on my note. I'm like, hairballs. <laughs> grossest thing I've ever seen. Oh, my oh. God. Yeah. Oh. This, this fucking movie. It's brutal. But this is... It, <laughs> I, it gets back to what you're saying, though. I like the idea of this girl devolving into a cannibal, yet we're still bonding on and latching on to the girl we met at the start of yeah, the movie. Yeah, like right? they the, never dehumanize her. monster is never a full transformation, which I think is actually a strength of the movie because as soon as you send them all the way, right, right, you're, you're doing kind of a black and white game at that right, point. Right, right. Where, oh, we know she's bad because now she just likes to taste meat. Right. It's they always keep it more cloudy and interesting in this movie, uh, which which I fucking adore, man. They never dehumanize her like this is a really important aspect of the story, I think, is like she's never not human. She's just a human with a predilection for human meat. Like that's a, right. I think that's a really important thing about this movie is and that's what makes it different from other like <laughs> there, there are only two things that make her a full monster. When she steals the hamburger patty, she does it with her bare fingers. Again, France and the hatred of tongs. I don't get it. Disgusting. <laughs> Secondly, they let the dog take the fucking rap for the scissor chopping <laughs> and yes. the finger eating. She, a do an innocent dog the, is murdered the because poor of dog. This evil, horrific monster. <laughs> this girl doesn't know how to stay clean. Actually, no, she know they knew it. See, in the hospital, when that creepy guy with the dentures is like, oh my god, it up, playing like, with his fucking his dentures teeth? and laughing oh. at her. That was the end of her decency when she let the dog die. That was Satan saying, I can't wait. I'm going to feast on you later. Also, <laughs> also, get some new dentures. Like, I don't understand why the French are obsessed oh, no with way. dentures that are rotting. How do you have rotten dentures? You think that guy cares what his dentures are for other than disgusting and creeping out young strange? That's all he does. He's not even there for a visit. That's an ER. That guy's not there for a visit. He's just there to creep. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, 
No, but this actually, okay, so that what you were hitting on earlier, the lack of turning her into a full monster, right? Always keeping her human. Right. We're immediately met with a very interesting juxtaposition to this scene, which is her finger eating scene. We see the hospital and, and she's rolling her sister back in a wheelchair. You know, are the parents gone? Yeah, fucking get over here. Right. Her sister takes her out to a country road. And she dives in front of a car, right? And she thinks her sister's going to kill herself. So now we are privy to the fact that her sister is the road diver. Right. She's the one who's been doing this. Um, and it takes on this fucking... Because now we know. Now there's no, oh, maybe she's running for help or something, this and that. She's just... She's playing Russian roulette with someone else, you know, under the barrel. Right. And there's this fucking moment. This is one of the greatest just kind of horror moments I've seen in a movie, right? Where she walks over to the car and this one man is clearly dead laying on the horn. Right. They come around the edge and the other person's still alive, but, you know, struggling a lot. And she even says, he's not going to make it. She reaches in and licks the fucking head wound, right? Yeah. Licks the blood, looks to her sister as if, see, we're the same, it's okay. And that is what makes this scene so fucking tremendously scary not only that we know that for fun she's running out and causing these people to die or be seriously maimed and injured right um but she's she also has this somewhat affinity for the taking of life and blood and yeah you know this these kind of cannibalistic urges of her own and that she's actually excited that her sister has been revealed to be like her right i think that's What's something that's I think is interesting, like the streak between the two of them, like um, the other sister, Alexia, she has this sort of weird, like murderous streak. Like, again, like she's willing to do that to, I guess, feed herself. But again, I don't ever remember seeing her in the movie, like crave human flesh. I don't she must have some sort of control or is it that No, I she, think hers is more of a destruction of innocent. Flesh. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe hers is much more. Of a yeah, like a bloodlust based on like homicide, so to speak. I think that's. I mean, it could even be something as simple as as she's seen herself grappling with her, you know, her mental illness. Right. She makes herself feel better by destroying people that aren't suffering. Right. I think that's the difference, especially in this scene. Is so she destroys these people. They're suffering. She licks the head wound, like, and Justine. You're expecting her to jump in, and Justine's the one who tries to stop her. Like, that's the crazy thing yeah. about the scene. Well, she's immediate, immediately repulsed by what right. she's seeing. And I think it's the... Oh, my God. Remember this, though? This is the great moment where uh, the sister Alexia or whatever says, I did this for you. Oh, yeah. And we know that's bullshit because we've seen her do it before. Yes. But she she kind of immediately has to retreat back behind a, her mask. Yeah. Because her cannibal sister is judging... I mean, you have to be a real piece of shit. <laughs> To be like, I just watched you murder my dog and eat my finger, and you're judging me? Yeah. Where was <laughs> and that scene? realize that they're right. <laughs> I really wish they had that confrontation, and they're like, uh, you ate my finger, and you're going to judge me? Like, oh, my God. How am I on the and side of like, one? you mutilated my pubes. I'm on the side we of- were even. We were even in that apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the side of the murderer. How am I on the side of the murderer? Come on. Oh, man. The moral ambiguity required to watch this movie is really fascinating. Especially towards, like, especially at this point, like, you're right at, like, that second, third act break, and you're like, okay, whose side am I really on here? Because this is the part where, like, because then, it's like, after this, like, everything starts just totally devolving. You're like, I think the hero of this movie is that 
that fucking pube putty. Because <laughs> it's inflicting moral punishment on them. <laughs> 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 no, uh, I, it's, it's an interesting moment because then she has to walk home. And she does this weird thing where she just like takes her shirt off. Right. There's a little blood on it. That's what it is. That's what gets her. But then she's just kind of walking exposed. Right. And she looks really uncomfortable. And I think the next time we see her is when she's watching the soccer game. And this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Um, just this fucking beautiful, again, mix of music and imagery. And the the way they play the camera on her face. Right. It's as if they've opened her head up like it's a, you know, a secret box. Right. And we are just in on her face tight. And her fucking eyes are just full of intensity, right? She looks like the predator on the prowl watching her gay roommate play soccer. And the way they shoot him is they always kind of start full body and then slowly move into the torso, right? Where all the meat is. Right. And it is just a fascinating fucking scene uh, that ends in a nosebleed too. Like she's so fucking amped up for it. Yeah. Her body's essentially like, it's like the steam coming out of a cartoon's ear. (laughs) (laughs) She is malfunctioning. She's so thirsty. Yeah. I think Uh, I fucking, it's so brilliant, but they do that a lot. They have a lot of those scenes in this phase. Like you're saying this kind of act two. I love this. uh, And I love the ambiguity of Justine. Like, you don't know whether it's because she's like sexually aroused by like that guy, Adrian, who she's into the, uh, the Armenian Parisian. Is he Armenian? I can't tell. I think, I think he looked Armenian. He kind of looked like a tougher version of one of the Jonas brothers. Okay. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. A tougher Jonas. (laughs) But yeah, like it's I love the ambiguity though of that like you don't know whether she's craving the meat or if she's like if this is like a sexual awakening type deal. Like that's what makes the scene and the the movie so good is especially around this mark you start realizing like you're not entirely sure what she's lusting after anymore. Like Right. Well, that's that's a fascinating point cuz to me when I watch that scene with the soccer, it is all carnivorous, right? Right. I mean, that's to me, what to you me it's, think. But, and that's it, it. That's the weird thing, though, is that the sex becomes, in a way, the absorption of other flesh right. for a young woman. That's what you think. Because um, like, the next thing we see is her in that blue dress, right? Yeah. Where she was like, oh, this isn't me. It never looked right. Now she's in it. And again, this these are like serial killer moments, the way they're playing, yeah, yeah. right? The staring at him. In the her trying to dance in front of the mirror. That scene struck me like that could be invasion of the body snatchers, like this foreign alien trying to figure out what a human is supposed to look like. That's what she's doing. She's trying to figure out who is this new character I'm supposed to be. Right, right. And they do this series of pressed meat shots, right, where it's her like kissing the mirror, yeah. rubbing on the mirror. And in a way, it's it's played as if she's attempting to kind of unleash this inner sexuality, right, like you right. said. Now she's like in the slutty blue dress. This is supposed to be the new her. Right. But there, there's no glamour in it. There's no sex or glamour in that moment. You're just watching this woman completely fucking be obliterated, you know? And this new kind of disgusting all flesh but no soul version of her right. has taken the place. So this this series of kind of like you're saying, right, this this carnivore and this, this alienness and this lusting are really all melded into one where it's, it's impossible to tell – yeah. where she's at ever i mean and i think that's what the strength of the like it's a fascinating way to write a movie but i think that's the strength of the final act of the film is the ambiguity that you have to carry throughout is you're like 
everyone's essentially in danger now. Like that's the thing I think is most fascinating is every time Justine is alone with someone, you don't know what's going to happen because you see that scene of her dancing and you see this sort of, I'd call it like unbridled passion, but you don't know what it's passion for. Is it passion for the flesh? Is it passion for sex? The the more of the flesh, like you're right. There's the sexual energy that occurs is this sort of like absorption, almost like a sponge. Uh, but I also don't think it's enough. Like it's the sponge that keeps ringing out. Like that's the thing that I think is really interesting about the rest of this movie is she is never satiated. She's never no, satiated. She's like, she's like a zombie, right? She has a hunger that can never be satiated. Right. Like Alexia's satiation comes from murder, essentially. Like she, like destruction of the flesh. We're on this journey with Justine though, and she's still trying to find out what it is that like keeps her calm. Like. That's what I think the real point, like, that's what's interesting. Like, this that that's the pivot at the end of the movie is we now have to find out what is the thing that's going to, like, satiate her. Right. Well, an interesting moment, too, amongst this series of shots is the one where she's just trapped under the sheet. Yeah. Having, like, a full freak out. Yeah. Right? Like, some demonic entity's trying to grab her. Mm-hmm. And as the sheet's lifted, there's nothing there. No. So it's like the last gasp of she so desperately wants to hide away from that woman in the blue dress. Right. But then the next thing we see is she gets up from the bed and winds up in this. She turns a corner and gets a fucking blue paint face. Yeah, that weird like paint party thing starts. Yeah. (laughs) And this is where we're reintroduced to a character that we criminally glossed over. The kid who is obsessed with a man fucking a monkey to give it AIDS. (laughs) This is the kid she's reforced to like make out with. Ah, uh, yes, of course. This hero, I forgot. Yeah, so you don't really feel that bad when she ends up biting his lip off, yeah, right? Like, yeah. as she starts a sexual encounter, she she bites out and defends herself almost, right. which is a weird place because again, it seems like she wants to unleash, but she's still somewhat defending herself, right? But yeah, so this kid, <laughs> this is one of the funny. They're talking about it in the cafeteria, right? Where he's like, "Some guy fucked a monkey, and now he's got AIDS." Like, oh, oh, oh. And they they all kind of, and this is where Justine has one of the more interesting lines to me in the movie, which is she's kind of talking about like these monkeys suffer like that's not like you got to stop thinking of these animals as separate and other right. It's like her vegetarian uh, credo essentially, right? And she even she's like, don't you think uh, monkey women that are raped or traumatized? I shit you not, that sent me on like a two hour Google search <laughs> where I was like, holy fuck, that's like a really Wow, yeah, that is... Interesting question to me. Wow. It sent me... Because we know animals can show empathy. Like, you've seen the videos now of uh, mothers mourning their their dead young ones and this and that. Right, right. But I was like, wow, sexual trauma against animals. Like, that's fucked up. But that's like one of those cool throwaway things the movie does. Right. (laughs) I mean, that's... But yeah, so anyways, the monkey monkey raper kid, uh, who definitely is not normal and okay, will someday definitely try to outbreak a monkey. For sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's probably he's the one who gets bit. He's probably the 28 days later guy for sure. Right. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> um, but this leads us to that's the weird thing, right? So her defending herself, there's kind of that stark imagery of his red blood on their now green bodies. Right. Um, she runs into the shower to clean herself out. And we are immediately thrown into her first sexual encounter with her gay roommate. Yes. Um, this scene is fucking stunning, not because of like, you know, the hot young person sex, you know, but it plays like an exorcism scene to me. Oh, yeah. No, the thing that I mean, God damn, dude, like it's 
it's it's vicious, honestly. Like especially yeah. especially the end. Like that so she gets so fucking horned up that she cannot repress this like cannibalistic rage inside her. But she doesn't she you know, she loves this guy, like not not love in like whatever way you want to call it, but you know, she is friends with him, blah blah blah. So she gets so fucking ra- enraged though that she ends up having to like bite herself to satiate. Oh my god, that shot when that they just is sit an on amazing her eyes, shot. And she's got her wrist in her mouth, blood spooling down, and she's just oh. just kind of like deep breathing, right? Like Yeah. It, <laughs> it's fucking crazy. But again, that's another interesting moment of cannibalism because when she ate her sister finger right it felt like there is a part of her that wanted to become that right when she bites the kid in the green party that's to get away from him right right she didn't actually swallow anything it seemed like no oh no she did she spit she it out spit, in the shower, yeah she spit out the lip in the shower uh, yeah so and this is one where she's trying to bite him but he won't let her and her only repercussion is to bite herself which i think is a show of shame she's right. a bit of shame that she's been unleashed to him that now he's seen her for what she is, right. which is kind of this snapping, uh, insane, lusting animal. <laughs> Wait, does she bite out it's the such tongue? An interesting does she bite out the lip and eat it, or is it her tooth? The lip. It's, it's her like, tooth. It looks like the the lip is down. Doesn't her... And then she had a chunk of him stuck in her teeth. I no, no, that that's her tooth. That's her tooth. I think that's her tooth, and she eats it. Oh, uh, maybe that's her plant eater teeth, right? The back ones are the kind of flatter ones. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. Plants. So like, I don't need these anymore. I'm biting teenage lips. Oh, maybe. dear God. I just realized this is a tooth. It makes it so much worse. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> it is one of those funny things that of all the things that can happen to a body, like people pulling teeth out when they're not supposed to is one of the grossest. Things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so fucking gross. But yeah, I don't this. OK, but that's what I mean. That shot of her on the bed biting her wrist. Right. We then cut immediately to this pushing through a party. This is the second time we're at a party like this, and we've seen the the kind of devolution of all the students. Yeah. There's a shot in here at the start, which is so fucking vulgar, where the girl's licking the dude's eyeball. We push past her, and now we have full fucking demonic form Justine just loving the party. Yeah. Right? She's so fucking in. And the shot of her as this new woman, it reminded me of, <laughs> have you ever seen Trilogy of Terror, the old Karen Black? like anthology horror flick. I don't think so. There's this this short at the end, which is the most famous one of all of them, probably the only one people remember, called Amelia, where she has the little Russian uh, fetish doll, the hunting Zulu fetish doll, <laughs> and it's unleashed, so it's like, man, it's trying to kill her the whole movie. Spoilers, and at the end, she's imbued with the spirit, she calls her boyfriend over, and she goes and fucking squats in front of the door, and is just stabbing this knife into her wood floor, and she has now the fucking fangs of the the demon doll. Right, right. And, and then I saw that shot. I'm like, oh my god, she's been Amelia, because <laughs> she's fully in like. And then she's like walking around the party, just like snapping at dudes, yeah. getting fucking blackout drunk. And this leads us again to. I don't know. Do you think this sister, is, this is a moment of her sister's revenge or is her sister trying to pull her further down with her? How do you read what happens next? Essentially, we have her trying to feed her sister a cadaver in front of all of their classmates. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really I, hard one to come back from. I feel like it's revenge. Like even even if you're like trying to like like even if the car wreck scene like you're trying to say like we're 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 similar 
I feel like it's revenge mainly because it has never come back up that that bitch bit her fucking finger off. Like I absolutely like if that was a situation with me and my sibling, be like, I'm gonna get you back. Like this is the long con. We don't know if she ever got her that stuff off of her pubes. <laughs> also, she didn't rat her out for committing double homicide. Yeah, I think she was biding her time. I think it's a long con, and I think this is like this is the co- completion of that. That's what I think. Here, I think it's okay. Here, here's a theory I have, right? Which is, I think that the older sister is so fucking ashamed, right? Because she's obviously somewhat popular and in with the people, but I think there's an inner shame that she can't escape. I think when she sees her sister fall apart, she she sees her chance to be understood, right? And so there's this moment, too, because this leads to, there's kind of a revenge porn aspect of it. Right. The video's gone viral now, and that's how she finds out. Well, the sister's getting this gnarly fucking brawl. Where she, uh, she actually bites Justine's cheek off, like a piece yeah, of Yeah, yeah. And they are fucking brawling and going for it. And then these dudes get in and just start kind of choking them a little bit. Right. And the women, it has this very almost like witch trial moment, right? Where they actually have like cords around their neck. Right. And Justine gets out and the two of them, she runs and embraces her sister who just bit her cheek off and, you know, Peter tried to eat a cadaver day of the dead style. right. right. <laughs> And they look around at everyone else like, look at all these fucking monsters trying to get us. Right. It's such a fucking beautiful inversion of what we know to be the truth. Right. Is And that's what I think the older sister wanted, right, is to bring them together like that. Interesting. Weirdly enough, it, it, it seemed to me to be cruelty. But I think she was just so desperately wanting that moment right. where they fought against the monsters together. And you see it again when Justine is showering her sister after, you know, she commits a cannibalistic murder. Right. Fast. I, I don't know, man. Like, I, it's a much better read than I feel like just plain revenge. And I do like that take. But I also see because then I think about the scene later. Now, I think maybe you're right now that I think about it because I think about. Like, after everything that happens in the ending of the movie, like, maybe that's what it is. I think you're on you're onto something. Because I've always considered that scene just sort of straight-up revenge for biting her finger off. But maybe there is a little more. I keep forgetting about that familial aspect. Like, that is really important. Yeah. There. It is super well, important. It has that, integral that to the moment plot. that, like, right, there's the moment that Frankenstein's monster always yearned for, right? right? Which is he just wants the embrace of his creator and not to feel alone and monstrous, you know? And that's kind of what those two have in that moment. That's immediately what I thought to is I was like, oh, man, that could have been De Niro and Bran. <laughs> Damn, I think you're right, man. Just Damn. Hugging it out in that cave. No, you're not wrong, though. Like, <laughs> there, I keep forgetting about that. It's a beautiful aspect. moment, though. That I mean, in all of this carnage, and this is what the movie does really well to me, and, and you said it best, it keeps them very human. So amidst these kind of vulgarities and disgusting acts that we see. Right. That that moment of just true compassion and love for each other and just seeing someone else you love going through something that you can actually understand like that. That's a beautiful moment to me. Yeah, I fucking adored that moment. I was like, what a great way to wrap up because honestly, you're like, they should just beat each other to death. And that's the end of it. Right. <laughs> While all the other students chant shame. Right. Shame. Yeah. This totally but should be a scene in Game of Thrones. There's a real beauty in that moment. I love the way they stare out at the other students like they're the fucking monsters. It's it's I don't know that that's a brilliant choice to me. It's a good inversion. I think that's what's fascinating about it is 
I mean, there it plays to your theory again, I think, about like the familial aspect becomes so crucial, especially towards the end of this movie. I didn't even think about it. Damn it. You fool, Dandino. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Too busy working on your hilarious accent game. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, okay, I got to ask you. So right after this, right, the two of them come together. They're mm-hmm. back in the, the room. Right. We wake up the next day, and it is revealed that the gay roommate was eaten. Right. Right? They, she pulls the sheets off, and his leg is gone. Right? Like, chewed on. There's also a hole in his back where we can tell he was paralyzed by a, a ski spear. Right. Because um, I love that moment when she's crying over her, her dead roommate, and it's like, why didn't you fight back against me? Why didn't you fight back? Right. She thinks she did it. Come to find out it was her older sister, right? Yeah. Covered in blood. Now, what do you make of this moment? Uh, why did he die the way he did? Do you think he would have fought back? What's going on here? I think this is, this is, and I, I think this is Alexia looking out for her sister. Because I think Alexia knows she's a psychopath. And eventually the things she's doing are going to get her caught. Like jumping out in front of cars, killing people, eating them. That's not great. I think she knows she's eventually going to get caught. So... I also think she thinks Justine's not smart enough not to get caught because she's been doing it like that cadaver thing is almost like a test in a way like she is she willing to do that in front of other people because at that point you don't like we never find out like no one knows that Alexia is the one who does that so Alexia has this on lock she's figured out a solution so to speak so my theory is that really what it I mean I think Alexia did it all. I think Alexia did it all, and she wanted Justine to be a witness so that, therefore, she would go to jail, be in prison, and Justine would learn to, I mean, essentially keep her mouth shut, so to speak. It It is interesting. I, I like that read because we, we remember that the genesis of all of this was Alexia forcing Justine yeah. down the road, right? Mm-hmm. The question I have with that would be, do you think that there, there's a bit of trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube right at right. this point? Like if, if this is Alexia's swan song, right? I'm just going to let myself be taken away from you. So you have a shot. Do you think Justine ever does? Do you think that she can ever recover from this and go back uh, to not being a cannibal? <laughs> I don't know if she can go back to not being cannibal, and I'm not sure that's the lesson Alexia is trying to impart on her. I think the lesson maybe that she's trying to impart is, look how long it took for you to figure out that I was like this. You need to learn how to be better at being like this. I was really good at it, but the thing I w- the thing that brought me satiation was, I don't even know if that's a real word, but um, the thing that brought me clarity. Just keep saying it. It will be. Yeah, right? <laughs> Oxford, get at me. Uh, I think the thing that brought her clarity was something that was eventually going to get her in trouble, either killed and or um, either killed and or um, caught by the police. So I think the idea maybe is being an older sister, being an older sibling and teaching your younger sibling, like, don't be like me. So to speak, mm. I guess. I don't know. It's sort of. Yeah, well, there, there's a bit of an ending with Justine where we see her washing her sister clean, right? Right. Like, even after she knows what she did. And this is playing with the end of Rookie Week. They're, they're cutting it with the the horns going off. Right, you right. You know, the, the rookies are now one of us. Um, it, and in a way, Justine makes it. 
So you start to wonder through the washing her sister clean. And then at the end, we see her not in jail. We see her eating vegetables again at her home. Right. There's a bit of this. Maybe things will go back to normal. So it makes you think maybe Alexis is making that choice as a maybe she's what's wrong. Um, I. I it's an interesting moment of filmmaking to me because it's the question almost becomes to me again it's always why I guess because we already know that it's gotten so bad after that video there's not really going to be a going back for either of them it feels like right you're like maybe Justine because she's blackout drunk she'll be all right but yeah it's it's a weird moment because she's also kind of taking on the the mental illness of her sister. Like this isn't the car thing. This is full on eating the leg. Right. I mean, I, so, and also the fact that she chose the leg and not any of the other kind of beautiful parts. It's, there's a lot of weird in this moment to me, but I think when they cut back and you see Alexa or Alexis, whatever her name is in the kitchen, she looks so fully defeated. Right. Which you've never really seen her like that in the movie. She's always fairly defiant and tough. But she looks so fucking gone. Just like an empty husk covered in blood. Sure. You know? I mean, I think that's what... When you look after someone, I feel like that's how you feel a lot of the time. So maybe that has something to do with that. I, that's what I would interpret that as. Like, you're trying to look after someone. You're so desperately trying to keep them safe um, and out of harm's way. To the point where you're willing to do that to save them. That maybe it's not yeah. necessarily defeat, but just exhaustion. Like she she resigns to her fate quite easily, too. Like it's not like she sits yeah. there and says, I didn't do anything wrong. Like she goes to jail almost with, you know, happily. She's enjoying it. But, you know. it Well, it's interesting because I look from that, the end of that fight, right? The lovely embrace on. I'm looking for the moment where she just says... I I keep looking for the moment where she has this repulsion of what she's done, right? This, I can't believe what I've fucking done. And then even if she has that realization, it's an interesting jump to then, well, now I better do something really, really bad. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) To like finally put a bow on this, right? Like she could have just gone already. So it's, it's an interesting choice, but to me, it almost, I think the most interesting way I can view that scene is, it's like Justine exercising her cannibal urge. Right. Um, just played out in the physical world, right? Because it's her sister, in a way, achieved what she wanted to during that fucking scene, right? right? She got to bite the kid. Right. Right? She was trying to bite him, and he kept pushing her off. Her sister pulled it off. Right. And so, in a way, she's seeing the inevitable end of the road for herself. So her sister's too far gone and past redemption. And this is a moment for us, the audience, to believe that maybe, just maybe, she's seen uh, her future and will get better. Right. Now, this leads us to the last scene, which is really just one of those great classic buttons at the very end. You don't need it at all, but it's great, right? There's this kind of sisterly bond in the prison where the faces are mirrored on each other. That's why I was thinking about the you know, maybe this is seeing herself down the road is because through the prison glass, they layer their faces, right? Right, right. And they had that really great moment where Alexa's like, hey, put your cheek scar on the glass and that's what she kisses, right? They're bonded through this tragedy. Right. 
Uh, but then we go home and she's trying to get vegetarian again. And this is a great button. <laughs> oh, it's so good, man. It's one of my favorite ending scenes of a movie, really. <laughs> the dad, you know, they're talking and then the dad unbuttons his shirt. And like, you're like, oh, God, this is not what this movie is, please. But then you realize as rapidly it's not. He reveals all of these horrible, like, scars and bite marks on his chest. Some of them fresh. Like, one of them is, like, still mm-hmm. red and bleeding. And yeah. basically, he reveals that this is a hereditary thing. His mom is like, like, her mother, like, Justine's mother's like this. And he gives, like, probably one of the best final lines of a movie, which is like, I'm sure you'll figure out a solution, honey. Like, and he's just sitting there right. just chewed in half, man. It's disgusting. But yeah. you're like, holy shit. It's like, your shit. mom's a functioning cannibal. Yeah. Right? Your mom's a functioning cannibal. Your sister wasn't. Maybe you'll figure it out. Like, yeah. that your sister is kinda fucking blew it. insane. <laughs> your sister blew it. It's like, yeah, you should probably be in jail for destruction of evidence. <laughs> but, you know, you got a shot. You got a real <laughs> shot here, kiddo. <laughs> it's, I, I like that, too, because... I, and I asked my wife about this, right? I was like, you know, as a woman, does that read any different to you? And, and she didn't really think so because to me it, it felt like they were trying to say something too because right. the older sister is has a terrible relationship with her mom throughout the movie. Sure. And I was like, I feel like they're – just to boil it down, right? Like even without the, you know, the feminist read on it, there is – the movie to me is just fascinating because it's this, this look at what – forms us what is actually important to us and how easily we're willing to give up things that are bedrocks to ourselves right and that through everyday actions you can look back one day and be like holy fuck like i'm the monster and not realize what you've been doing to get to that road so this kind of destruction and rebirth um just kind of suddenly and slowly at the same time occurring um i think is just a fascinating playground and then to put it in this young woman going off to school trying to because you have even everyone's kind of shitting on her right the gay roommate it's like well i wanted a girl roommate well they gave you a gay guy deal with it right um the teacher who hates her for being a good student is like i actually hate you because you'll scare away other vets (laughs) whatever you know trying to live up to her parents expectations right uh, trying to live up to her sister's expectations. Um, there's this real, it's a really brilliant time in a young person's life to do this um, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. and Hyde uh, exploration of what yourself actually is. Yeah. I think the only way this movie could be more interesting or more entertaining is if they had added a second button, which was Justine replying with her dad's open hamburger meat chest with, Wait, so I could have kept the dog and you guys would have been understanding of the whole fucking thing. <laughs> end of movie. Well, this is how they should have ended it. If this was America, this is how you end the American version. Is that it's the family outside having a picnic and you cut back to the now su- severely overweight dad. <laughs> right. Right. And he's dressed in like the, the socks with sandals, the khakis. He's got the Hawaiian shirt, but it's unbuttoned. And he looks over, takes a swig of his beer, and he says, dinner's almost ready. And he actually has his huge, fat stomach on the grill. <laughs> and he's spatuling his own fat, and the women are just all mouth-watering. <laughs> wow. Man. Hollywood, get at us. I don't know what you're waiting yeah. on. Hollywood, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> don't spend all that huge movie money in one place. 
remake of Raw, starring, <laughs> I don't know, some fat guy. We'll just call it Medium Well, because this is America. <laughs> we don't do Raw. Medium Well, the American. I believe in Ameri- uh, an American Women we'll, Destruction College story. We'll call it Tartar. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> Oh, over here, too, you can hit a broader audience because there are tons of men audience that are terrified of women going to college and being smart. It's <laughs> 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 really tapping into very American fears. We'll be fine. Oh, my God. So much movie money. It's crazy. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, it's just, man, it's it's a great mix of, of style and flash and substance and amazing fucking performances. Uh, just vivid vivid fucking editing and cinematography it just it's got pulse man i want to eat this thing raw that's how i always look at it i'm like i would i would be a cannibal if this if this were the flesh i could eat every day i love this fucking movie it's a great movie i try to suggest it to everybody that um anybody that asked me for a movie to watch on netflix i say this one they're like is that scary i'm like no you're fine because i don't want yeah you'll be good man you'll be good uh well that's it guys that's raw find it on netflix uh also, it's just awesome that that movie's so accessible now. Yeah, I think that's that that really movie's great. just on Netflix. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, so yeah, share it with a friend, guys. Remember, uh, wear your chainmail underneath your clothes, just in case. <laughs> just in case, if you start seeing that wily look in there, uh, you know, cover up. <laughs> Bring some Bob Bob Evans links to throw at him, just in case. Uh, but if they make it through and you guys aren't chewing on each other. Share the pod with them, man. That's how we'll get more Alchemist in. Watch movies with your friends and then come talk about said movies with us. That's the dream goal and purpose of this show. Um, If you find us on a podcast directory where you're able to leave a rating and review, that helps us a ton. Please do that, guys. Uh, It only takes a minute, but it means the world to a small show like us. Also, if you guys are on social media, we're on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, follow us share our stuff with your friends uh, help us grow the community because ideally when we do these months and curations we also want to hear for you about movies that maybe we haven't heard of movies that mean the world to you guys so we can get better more interesting movies constantly every month that's what we need from you guys but more than anything we just appreciate you spending time with us true also if you listen to your podcasts at work on youtube we are definitely on YouTube now. Fully, That's right. I whole, uploaded all the shows. Our whole backlog's on YouTube, so you can listen to it work. Uh, I know that's a lot of how a lot of people devour their podcasts these days. <laughs> devour. God, I am good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get at Medium us. rare. Get at us everywhere, man. We're, we're all over the place. <laughs> if you go on YouTube, that's look for right. the Chubby Mansion. And that's where we have yeah, our stuff. Chubby Mansion. It'll have this, uh, our other show, Long Box Sessions, which some of you also partake in. Um, hoping to start bringing you video content shortly as well. Uh, this will include some new stuff, uh, maybe more about movies that are just coming out. If you love hearing our voices, hopefully you're not repulsed by seeing our faces. That's the gamble we're making. <laughs> God willing. You never know. <laughs> That's it, guys. Uh, next up, we are doing the old school Dario Argento Suspiria in preparation for the new Suspiria, which is out. Uh, in some places, it will be out wide very shortly. We will be partaking in that with a special now playing of uh, the new Suspiria. So watch both. Be ready to join us for what are insanely wacky and interesting horror fairy tale jaunts. Indeed. Also, yeah, if you have any color blocking glasses, you might want to grab. Them. <laughs> <laughs> 
From the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandino. Thanks again, peeps. <laughs> <laughs>